Hello, everyone. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 16 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out ways to make your life a little more interesting. From Longmont, Colorado, I'm your host, James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers in, I'm not in Bangkok. No. Michael DeRosiers in China Spring, Texas. China Spring. Well, Michael, (laughs) today we are going to be talking about international layovers, your recent adventure, Mm -hmm. my experiences. Layovers are an unavoidable part of any travel, really, unless you're going directly, um, which the farther you are, the less likely that is. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're here to talk about today. Yep. Before we start, just some quick announcements. If you feel, if you like the show, feel like donating, check out our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash attempt adventure. There you can donate a little bit if you want, buy us a cup of coffee, buy us a bottle of water, just show us your appreciation. We're never going to lock anything behind a paywall. We're never going to hide anything. Donating is just simply to show that you appreciate the show. Yes. Nothing else. Speaking of appreciating the show, if you like the show, tell your friends about us, tell your mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, moms love us yeah tell the guy that paints your fence from time to time Mm -hmm. you might appreciate it and if it's your dad who does that or your mom maybe just tell them also again tell your mom again second time while she's painting your fence yeah tell just just tell her until she listens (laughs) (laughs) call your congressperson tell them yeah tell them to give us a shout out in on the house floor hey Um, uh ted cruz (laughs) i want to tell you about this podcast (laughs) you're absolutely gonna hate (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, share the share us with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, as for the new or adventurous stuff, we're skipping that this week. Yes, um, it's the holidays. We're all traveling, doing random stuff. It's tough, so we're gonna give that a skip. If you don't like it, tell us. Well, here's the thing, James. The penalty for not having done the challenge from the wheel of penalty is to give the other guy fifty dollars. You weren't able to do it, and neither was I. I didn't do it on a technicality, but. Um, Still, the point stands. We owe each other $50, and that's just dumb. So we're just going to get an extension. (laughs) Yeah, we're just extending it. We will will do it, so don't just please forgive us. Here's the deal. I went to the Hagia Sophia. I was supposed to go to a new museum. That was a museum. I feel like that counts as adventurous. However, in 2020, it was was, – so it's been a a museum since the 1930s when uh, the Ottoman Empire fell and Turkey became a republic. It was a museum. 2020, they turned it back into a mosque. It's no longer considered to be a museum. So I didn't go to a museum. It's a technicality. I went to the Hagia Sophia. However, it still technically doesn't count. Okay, we're, we're strict on the rules here. I'll go to a museum. James is going to go geocaching. Go it's fine. We will do it. It's fine. Just don't. Don't don't, don't tell Ted Cruz. He's going to murder us and write a creepy note full of ciphers. <laughs> See, that's also bold because Ted Cruz definitely isn't smart enough to use ciphers. I, weirdly enough, had a game night for the first time in a long time, very recently. Tried some new board games, Raccoon Tycoon. That's a fun name. I love a rhyme. It's basically capitalism, the, the um board game. And you got to crush your opponents with the weight of supply and demand. It sounds super boring, but it's super fun. So did that had game night. That was fun. Went to a new Vietnamese restaurant here. Delicious. Um. So yeah, just kind of normal stuff starting to feel out the area more just that kind of thing no like adventurous things been busy traveling for thanksgiving and getting ready for christmas my birthday's coming up next yeah. week you doing anything fun i think we're gonna make christmas cookies it's always fun i love christmas i will say i feel more christmasy this year than i have in a long time i feel it this year i don't know what it is sometimes when christmas rolls around it's just kind of you know 
I always enjoy Christmas, but there are definitely years where it's like, meh. Yeah. It's just another day kind of feeling. This year, I'm feeling very Christmassy and decorating and listening to Christmas music. The Home Alone <laughs> one soundtrack <laughs> is arguably the best Christmas soundtrack because it's got a mix of everything. It's got like classical, it's got like newer stuff. You were saying Christmas soundtrack or Christmas album? Do you consider that to be the best Christmas album in general or just the mm. best Christmas soundtrack? Soundtrack. Okay. Ooh, best Christmas album? If we're talking about just listening, I mean, yeah, the, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is hard to beat. They're pretty great. Yeah. Bare Naked for the Holidays. Bare Naked Ladies. Mm, pretty really good. good album. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> any Kenny G Christmas album is going to be great. If you like some smooth jazz Christmas, love me some Kenny G. Don't tell my wife that. She despises Kenny she G. She does. And it's I find it hilarious. I love Kenny G's Christmas. Yeah. Can't beat it. I'm typically not a lyrics guy especially like new christmas music i'm not a big fan there are obviously exceptions to this rule but i'm much more like an instrumental christmas music guy or like a hymns kind of christmas guy yeah how do you feel about like vince garaldi like the peanuts that's good anything kind of nostalgic for me i have no interest in finding new christmas music modern christmas music is very bombastic it's weird it's loud and rambunctious. Yeah. No, I just want it to be kind of slow and yeah. I found a Spotify playlist that someone made, Home Alone full soundtrack. It's ten hours of Christmas. Oh my music. gosh! <laughs> and I have not found a single one that didn't hit. Nice. I mean, I'm sure there are some in here because I feel like this person just started putting random stuff in here sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like, and again, the Home Alone soundtrack. John Williams did the Home Alone soundtrack. He can't miss. He can't miss. Man's never written a bad song. <laughs> never. Anyway, just been getting ready for Christmas and stuff, so nothing too crazy. Yeah. It snowed recently, so the roads have been kind of messy. So what about you, Michael? You went to the Hagia Sophia. Yeah, I had a one-night layover in Istanbul. I arrived at 5 a.m. one day, and I left at like 3 p.m. the next day. So I had more than 24 hours for my mm -hmm. layover. Stepped outside of the airplane and it was so cold, James. Turkey's cold. Everyone was bundled up like it was Chicago, but like I don't have cold weather clothes in Bangkok. All my cold weather clothes are here in America. So for that one day, everyone's wearing like their wool coats and their scarves and stuff like that. I'm the weirdo walking around in shorts and chacos because that's all I had. It's just a waste of luggage and it's a waste of space to have it in Bangkok. Oh, I get so it. Never wear a sweater. Never wear a sweater in Bangkok. Even when it gets quote unquote cold in Bangkok. It's like 65 degrees. I mean, okay. When I was hiking with Carl this year in January, mm, at the top different. of the mountain, it was cold. It was close to freezing. And I, I had a hoodie there. But like, I'm not doing that every day, you know? <laughs> like No, and in Bangkok, what's the coldest it gets in Bangkok? Like 60s? It's gotten down into the, the 50s before. It's been that occasionally, not for long, but it can so get like, down. So yeah, I mean, to, to them, that's pretty chilly. And yes. I, I get that. Yes. It's very chilly. But still, it's not very often. A couple days a year, maybe. Most years mm -hmm. it doesn't get that cold at all. So yeah, so you've done some stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit? Do you have any pictures from your time in Turkey? Sure do. I had a great time. I didn't have very long. So what I did was I signed up for a food tour with a company called Yummy Istanbul. It was kind of expensive. And so before I went on, I was like, is this going to really be worth my time to do this? But it was an all-day tour. 100% it was worth my time. It was one of the best travel experiences I have ever had. It was all day. Uh, the tour was called A Taste of Two Continents. So, of course, mm -hmm. we started on the European side. We went to several restaurants there, took the ferry across the Bosphorus, 
Then we went to the Asian side of Istanbul, ate at several restaurants there. The guide was fantastic, told us all about not only the food, but the culture and the history of of Istanbul and of Turkey as a whole. Yeah, you know, as problematic as like the Turkish government is, everyone I know that's been to Turkey has loved it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really nice. As a tourist, apparently it's amazing. Uh, Did you get some Turkish coffee? The one where they do the in the sand? Yes, yes, I did. That's so cool. It's so it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, we started out with this full Turkish breakfast that consisted of, you know, cheese and olives and bread and, you know, meats and sausages and, and all of that. Turkish tea and a paste made of hazelnuts and a chunk of buffalo cream soaked in honey. And that was just our breakfast. That was our first course. <laughs> we walked through the old market, the old uh, spice market. Then we had our second breakfast, which was like the spicy lamb soup, which was awesome. Real fatty, (laughs) very rich, a little bit spicy. So that's the first one. And then you can look at that second post of crossing the Bosphorus, and you can see how everyone else is dressed. And imagine me just wearing sandals. I was probably, I felt like I was the only person. I never saw another person wearing shorts, not even anyone. (laughs) But they they got snow just a couple days before I was there. So I was really just, you know, not prepared, but... (laughs) It's beautiful, though. The ferry across was great. So then we arrived in the Asian side. We started with something called an Iskander kebab, which is a plate full of, you've got the pita bread on the bottom, you've got the kebab meat and some yogurt, and it's topped with browned butter, and you just Mm. eat it all together. So good. Boy, (laughs) that looks so good. It was excellent. Then we went to a pickle shop, James. Uh, Apparently in Turkey, pickles are really popular, and they had pickled everything, pickled plums, pickled carrots uh the the juice here is red because it was pickled with red carrots to make the juice pickled pine cones like everything and so you eat the stuff out of it then you just drink the juice and it's supposed to be really good our guide said it was a great hangover cure he was a fantastic guide could not recommend him more in fact i want to shout him out he was the kebab guide you can find him on instagram had the best time. I had a great time in Turkey. I did go to the Hagia Sophia at the end. They're about to close it pretty soon for some massive mm-hmm. renovation. They realized that someone said it was going to collapse by 2050 if they didn't do massive work on it. I mean, the thing was built in the 300s. Um, so I was like, I almost didn't have time. I, I thought I would just go some other time, but I was like, when am I going to be back in Istanbul? So I went to go see it early in the morning before my flight. I got in line. It opens at nine for visitors. I was the first person there. And so when they opened the gates, I sprinted inside because I just wanted to have a look at it before anyone else got there. Yeah. And I did. I was able to take a picture of the inside without anyone else there. And of course, instantly a hundred people, you know, were yeah, behind me filing but no. in. But I was able to get that one picture, that one look of it without anyone else. That's such a great picture. And it was a really special feeling. So I felt very, very lucky to get to see it. I only got to stay there for about half an hour, unfortunately, because I had to get to my flight. But it was... It was magnificent. It was bigger than I thought it would be even. I do like how even though they've basically said, hey, it's a mosque again, because it's been a cathedral, it's been a mosque, it's been all sort of, because it was built as a cathedral. It was built as an Orthodox cathedral, as like Mm -hmm. the cathedral of the Byzantine Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire. It briefly became a Catholic cathedral after the Fourth Crusade, when the Byzantine Empire became the Latin Empire which only lasted like 20 years, and it became a Byzantine cathedral again until the Ottomans invaded, then it became a mosque. Then after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, with the rise of the Turkish Republic, it became a museum and a UNESCO site, and in 2020, it became a mosque again. So it has a very long and storied history. Yeah, but I do like that even though you can still go in, you can still do all that because 
you know, a lot of these things, and it's fully within people's rights to do so, is when there's a, a mosque, like, you can't go in. Um, I do like the cats. I have heard a thing, I could be wrong, where cats are, like, in Turkish culture, like, really lucky. And so, like, there's just cats everywhere. Animals in general. Dogs and cats were just walking all over the place. People love them. Absolutely love them. Everyone was feeding dogs and cats. You got this Hagia Sophia cat, which, I mean, that's the best place you could be. It was so funny because I saw this cat and the cat was being real sweet and had its kitten and I was kind of, you know, petting them. And I saw these two guards walk up and I thought, oh, no, they're going to like shoot the cat out or something like that. And they come up and they kneel down. They're like, oh, you know, kind of like you yeah. know, <laughs> playing with the cats. So they were just coming to see the cats. It was, it was very funny. funny. That's awesome. Those are great pictures. You know, when the Ottomans took over, when it became a mosque, they plastered over all of the icons these ancient icons mm-hmm. that dated back like they were th- like a thousand years old at the time right from the year like 300 or 500 ad when it was restored into a museum that was uncovered and these icons were revealed these beautiful mosaics in gold in islam it is forbidden to have a depiction of a holy figure's face right you can't have a portrait of muhammad you can't have a portrait mm-hmm. of jesus who's considered a holy figure or angels considered holy figures but for art purposes which i appreciate they didn't cover them up again They've left them. So even though that's technically considered haram in Islam, right, for the purpose mm-hmm. of preserving history, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's the only mosque in the world that has something like that, but it's got to be one of the very few because it's technically not supposed to be allowed, but they left it. You know, so there's the big, very big famous icon of Jesus on the back wall, mm-hmm. you know, very famous icon of the angels up on the uh, the ceiling surrounding the dome which is really unusual for a mosque. I would very much like to go to Turkey. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was I miss the, traveling. <laughs> very, very short layover, but I definitely made the most of it. Would you plan a trip back through Istanbul uh, yeah. with a longer layover just to experience it more? Absolutely. In fact, I will go back there. I'm going to have a shorter layover, but it's still one night on the way back. It'll be less time. I think I arrive in the afternoon and I leave the next afternoon. So mm-hmm. I'll have like an evening and maybe half a morning. I'm going to still try to see as much as I can. I would love to go back for longer. I'd love to take a week or something. I mean, even just in Istanbul, much less the whole country. Um, My brother studied in Ankara, so he'd never even been to Istanbul. But Ankara looks incredible. Cappadocia, of course, would be amazing. I mean, it's a giant country. There's so much to see Mm -hmm. uh, even outside of. But Istanbul, you could spend a week or two just, just there, quite honestly. Interesting. What's nice is that it made the travel home a lot better because instead of flying for like 24 hours, I traveled for, the first flight was 11 hours. The second flight was 13 hours. It broke them up. I mean, it also just helps you because I'm sure you feel better getting here after having slept. Oh, I felt so much better. You know, and it's going to, it helps the jet lag. It just, and I knew you were probably interested in some stuff that was there, but would you have gone out of your way to like take a special trip to Turkey? I mean, it's just not convenient for me. I Mm -hmm. mean, when I'm traveling, I'm going places nearby just because we don't have that much time usually. I'm able to travel a lot, but not for long. I'm able to travel for a couple days at a time. So it's hard to get somewhere like Turkey. It's a lot easier to go to, you know, Malaysia or or Japan or Singapore or somewhere in Asia. But having been there, I feel like you would make a special time to go back. I would. In fact, in the future, if I can do a layover like this again, I'll absolutely do it again. Or maybe even book my tickets with a couple days in between. So here's a question, and we may not even get to our topic today, and that's okay. (laughs) Um, Of all the places you've had layovers, which has been a bunch, if you had to pick one, if you if you could only fly through one place, mm-hmm. what would it be? Oh my gosh, that's a hard question because mm-hmm. right now I'm saying Istanbul, we'll just but that's probably recency bias because I've right. been through Tokyo so many times and I love it. I'd love to see more of Japan besides just Tokyo. Right now I'm saying Istanbul because I didn't get enough time there. 
probably mm-hmm. not Dubai. Once was enough, I think, for Dubai. Yeah. I didn't get to leave the airport in Taiwan, so I couldn't tell you. I'm sure it would be great. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Do you think that it might be because, and obviously there's recency bias. You were just there and you're like, oh, that was great. I want to go back. Do you think that another part of it might be is just, because yes, every place you've been, Malaysia, Japan, South Korea, those kind of places are very different from Thailand, but I feel like Turkey is very different. Yeah. And that's part of it as well, Mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, and also the reason I did have a great time when I was in Dubai earlier this year for my layover, Mm -hmm. because it was something I'd not done before. Very different culture, different architecture, extremely different food. And I've got to say, I mean, I love Mediterranean food, right? Turkish food is well known as an amazing cuisine, right? It looked amazing. I want all of it. I think that's part of it, too. It was very different. And, you know, Istanbul, Istanbul is very far west. It feels like an old European city. And it, and it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Istanbul is half of it's literally is in Europe. Half of it's literally in Asia. It's a city that straddles two geographical and cultural continents, really. And it was great. You know, I haven't been to Europe since 2011. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been in Europe. I never get to travel in that part of the world. If I'm spending that much money for a flight ticket, I'm coming back home to see my family. That's the right. Thing, you know. Well, James, how about you? I know you've been, you spent that time at Pudong and I know you would have left if you could have. Um, Well, I I, I was able to leave Pudong the second time, but it was nighttime. I've never had a layover be enough time to do anything. Um, The only time I would have had was in Shanghai and I found, and that was the first time I had ever left the United States, really. You know, I'd been to Canada and and so. Suddenly wandering around China. Out yeah, of, it doesn't that seem, would be a little yeah. bit intimidating, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I had I didn't have a place to put my bags. I would have dragged around a suitcase. Like yeah. it just no no good for that. The second time I had it, when I stayed, I got a hotel in Shanghai, mm-hmm. and I went there. And so the only experience I have of China is the drive from the airport to the hotel, mm-hmm. and then the hotel restaurant. So okay. it's not like I don't really have much experience with it i've had very short layovers in places a few hours i've been to like the tokyo airport but even then i only had like an hour layover and and was like rushed through i've been to the airport in taiwan but so i've never i've never had that i've always wanted to Mm -hmm. and i feel like but again kind of like you is i was able to travel but not for very long yeah and so my goal was always to just get to thailand as quickly as possible and then like once we were in thailand we do all sorts of stuff but getting there was my main priority and like there's a few i would love to have had more time in tokyo where i can go around and see what's up or um taiwan china since i was there for less than 48 hours i think 48 hours as i was able to go in like there was one guy that i had like talked with like a lot on the flight you know unfortunately he had a short layover so otherwise he he had lived in shanghai and if he was like if i had longer we would go into the city and all sorts of things but i've never had any kind of other experience really thailand is really the only other country besides the u.s that i've spent any time in i don't i don't know why i said really just that that is truth let's talk about this then Mm -hmm. if you don't have a layover you're not able to get out of the airport how can you spend a layover in comfort how can you have a better layover if you've got a couple hours like you did in shanghai you were stuck there for a few hours 17 hours uh, you were stuck there for a while but say you have a layover of like five hours that's not time to leave the airport and go to town come back what do you do, James? How do you make it more comfortable? I will say one of my mistakes was not truly understanding like the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because when I got to China, it was a, a struggle to contact people because China is very strict with their internet access. And you and I talked through Facebook. Facebook is not disbanded in China. My phone at the time 
Now I can call and text anybody anywhere and it works just fine. But then for some reason, I couldn't call you on your cell phone. I couldn't text you on your cell phone. And so I just kind of had to, I don't know. I just kept trying and eventually Facebook worked. (laughs) You broke through the firewall. I don't know what happened. I was like, ooh, hacker mode. So eventually I was able to contact, no, I was able to contact my mom Mm -hmm. on the phone. And she called me. And she she contacted you. Yeah. And so I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't do anything. I had 17 hours. I'd already been traveling for over 24. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I had to leave security and they won't let me back in until four hours before my flight. Had I not had to leave security, I would have been in there with all the other shops, with all the other stuff. It would have been a much better experience. I had to go outside security and just sort of wait. I would sit down somewhere and then hundreds of people would come in and, and then I'd move. Find a better place. Find a better place. And eventually I found, I went downstairs and there was an area that was under construction under there, but there were still benches, but people didn't want to be down there because it was kind of loud. And so I ended up just getting on a bench and I read a lot. There was a little convenience store upstairs where luckily enough, logos look the same. The logo for Coca-Cola. Because <laughs> this was before really the whole use your camera and translate things. And in China, at least where I was, the language barrier was very, very obvious where I was. In Shanghai, I'm sure if I'd gone into Shanghai, I wouldn't have had as big an issue because Shanghai is a very big international city, that sort of thing. But where I was, you know, I know zero Chinese. I'm talking zero. I mean, the people there, the people that worked at like the little stores and stuff knew enough-ish, but typically it was just handle what I wanted. Mm -hmm. They'd ring it up. I'd give them the the money and we'd be on our way. So luckily things like Coca-Cola and Fanta and all those and chips and things like that. They make it easy so that if you're anywhere, you know what? These are Lay's, right? Yes. These are Lay's. This is (laughs) Coca-Cola. This is a Red Bull. Yeah. Which Chinese Red Bull, which is the original Red Bull. It's like the Thai. Well, it's not Chinese, James. It's Thai. Is it Thai? It's Thai. (laughs) Sorry. That's my bad. Yeah. No. I think it's like the same thing, though. It's like a Thai. It's good, though. It's very strong. It's pretty good. Yes. Um, because I got it because I was like, I'm exhausted. Red yeah. Bull. I know this logo, Red Bull. And I was in the gold can. I was not prepared at all for this 17-hour layover. And so going forward, I definitely would have brought some sort of neck pillow. And in general, I would have brought a way to communicate a little better. Right. And that's easier now with translation yes, it is. apps. Yes. And and the thing is, because like Google Translate was available, mm-hmm. but, but I can't get Google. Yeah. Exactly. Because I could have just done that and like typed in something mm-hmm. and been good to go. Yeah. But, you know, it was my first experience where I would just be sitting there and then like a bunch of like army guys would walk by with machine guns. And I'm like, I'm in a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not weird. That's rude to say. Very different, different from what different. I'm used to. Sure. Like, I think at one point there was like a Jeep driving through the airport. And that was weird. And I was like, all right, cool. Go nuts. That was the first time. Because in, in even in Bangkok, in Thailand in general, I never felt out of place, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. It was different because in, in China, I, I definitely felt like I was like, oh, I'm... An outsider. Yeah. Yeah. So as for comfort, I think for me, the biggest thing would just be to know what you're getting into going in. Manage your expectations, park, yes. and camp. <laughs> yes. Just just find a good spot. Don't let people push you around, you know, because the same guy tried to sell me the same cell phone five times. <laughs> And like, just don't, don't let people push you around because there's always going to be those people. There's always going to be people taking, trying to take advantage of other people, not to make this place sound scary. Research what you're going into, 
manage your expectations. Yeah. And in general, Michael, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this or not. I find the act of traveling to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like physically getting there. Yeah, the result is always worth it. Flying especially is awful. Flying is terrible. Flying used to be fun. (laughs) I dread even going to the airport now. Yeah. You got to keep your eye on it. Like I'm going somewhere awesome. I'm on my way somewhere. I'm on my way to see my family. I'm on the way to Thailand. I'm going somewhere cool, right? Yeah. And so I think there are definitely ways to do it. Bring something, bring like a, bring a neck pillow, bring something you can really relax on, bring a book, download a bunch of movies. Oh yeah. Audiobooks, podcasts. Yes. This, this podcast, after you tell your mom twice while she's painting your face. Yeah. You know, I think for me, because again, I'll say it, I've said it a bunch of times already in this 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know what to expect. Like I hadn't, I had heard you know, oh, you can't get on these, you can't get on the internet in China. You can't do all this other stuff. But I didn't really, I spent most of my time researching how how and how not to act for Thailand. Right, not China, not your I didn't do any time. research for China, even though I spent 24, what's 24 plus 17? A lot of hours in China. 41. Like almost two days in China <laughs> overall. Uh-huh. So I didn't, I didn't know. I should have looked up, like downloaded WhatsApp. Or something, because I'm pretty sure that's fine in China. All these things that I should have done to make my life easier when I got there. Should have downloaded a translation app. All these things that I couldn't do. And I'm sure that information is available. It's just like you would never think about it if you haven't traveled Mm -hmm. before. And like, I wouldn't have thought about it, you know. So let this be a good lesson for people listening to the show. The first country I went to technically outside of the U.S. other than Canada Mm -hmm. was (laughs) technically China, which... It's daunting <laughs> yeah. as if as a first country. So like I would say most Americans and this it could be completely wrong. If it's not a country like Mexico or Canada, they go to Europe. Yeah. That's typically their first experience of outside the US if you're not culturally belonging to another country. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And so I had no idea what to expect. I had never traveled for that long. I had never traveled solo, really. I'd never been to Asia. So all these things coming together, it definitely made every other time going to Thailand, it's like nothing. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing China. No, I'd love to, you know see, I'd I mean? love to go to China. I would love to see it. But it was a fairly, at least the Shanghai Pudong Airport for me, and this could have just been inexperience, was fairly unfriendly to travelers. You, you just got to do your research and know what you're, what to expect, and then you'd have a better experience. I'm sure now mm-hmm. if you were to go back through there, you'd have a much better Oh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I, I'm more confident I would have gone into the city. I would have done everything. But you know, traveling can be pretty can be pretty scary, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're not used to it, especially if you're in an unfamiliar place by yourself. And now I don't think that would bother me. In fact, I would argue that for me, going somewhere like Thailand, after I did the first time, the second time I went was nothing. No issue. Went through, went through Japan, which Japan is a very friendly airport. Once I got through that first time, nothing was like nerve-wracking anymore so yeah i i think for me more than anything as for like physical comfort is mental comfort Mm -hmm. going into things because i will i will say that it's almost going to be impossible unless you just get really lucky to be physically comfortable the whole time you're going to be on an uncomfortable seat you're gonna be sitting on the floor you're going to be all these other things but being mentally prepared and mentally comfortable is the most important part i'm sure you have had this experience and i know i have where you you build up an expectation of something, especially when it comes to traveling or doing this sort of thing. And you you get there and you and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And I've learned to not make expectations of places. 
because of that. If I don't do that, then I almost always find something positive. But I mean, a layover is part of that as well. If you're expecting to be a little bit uncomfortable, you could just find a yes. spot, make yourself, make it, you know, make the most of it, read a book. Yeah, read a book, use it as time to decompress, be grateful you're not on a plane. I did try some great things at the little convenience store. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love a good convenience store. Any country, I don't care. Any state, any country, convenience stores, amazing. You know, I don't look back on it negatively no. now. No. During At the time, I was like, this is the worst thing. That's well, type two fun, isn't it? A different type of type oh, yeah. two fun, but it is. Going back for a long time, I was like, you know, that was good. I don't really care about going back to China. And I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair to China. But if I was going to go back through China, I wouldn't go through Shanghai. I think the biggest thing is that how you and I travel is not super touristy. Don't we do not travel as tourists. We travel as people trying to experience a place. And with the exception of doing things like food tours, if you have a short layover, getting a tour like that, it doing a great. tourist thing, do it. Yeah. In a short time, you can do so much more with a tour than you'd ever be able to do on your mm -hmm. own. If I was wandering around Istanbul, I would have seen some cool stuff, maybe gone to a museum, got something to eat. We've yeah. had a great time. I had a much better time doing this. It was totally worth it. And that's just not how I normally travel. I fear that sometimes we sound a little, because that can sound very elitist. You know what I mean? Pre it sounds very, oh, I don't experience it like a tourist. I'm and a I'm just like, yeah, but. Than you. Yeah. yeah. We're not like stupid. that. We don't care what Ex you do. Yeah. Experience a place how you want to experience yeah, it. Yeah. And a, and a guided tour is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And there are certain places like Istanbul where, again, I don't know. I assume it's 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 fairly European, especially Istanbul. So I'm sure English is common because a language barrier can be very tough. It can be. I will argue that a language barrier isn't as tough as I think people think it will be. Because, yeah, you may not be able to verbally communicate, but body language is pretty much universal. It's a long way, really. Yeah, it will. It's a long way, a wave, a smile, everything. You're all good. You know, for me, yeah, it was nerve wracking. I was, it was the first time I'd ever been outside of home, really. I was sitting in an airport in China, can't talk to anybody, can't get on my phone, can't do anything. And it's, it's really easy to slip into a like, oh, is, is someone here who is someone's going to try and like scam me or someone's going to do this or this or this, but people are just people. The people sitting in that airport are waiting on the same thing I am, which is to get through security and get where they're going. No, I think that's important. I think that's important to realize. And it just will make any experience much less a layover, just so much better. Mm -hmm. That was a long way of me saying that just be mentally prepared. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, that's two very different international layover experiences from both of us. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm going to propose that we do something a little bit different for Adventures in the News today, James. Okay. It should be your turn to share an adventure, but I mm -hmm. found an article that I thought would be more relevant, and I'm going okay. to share yeah, it with yeah, you yeah. here. This is an article about airlines that offer free stopovers when you're traveling. So let's talk about this, because this yes. could be some good practical advice for people. First is TAP Air Portugal, the only airline to offer free stopovers in two cities. Uh, it allows travelers to stay in either uh, Porto or Lisbon for up to 10 days. Now, you do have to pay for your hotel, but you're oh, able yeah. to book a ticket that stops you there without any extra charge. Now, Turkish Airlines, here's what I did. If you're connecting in Istanbul for at least 24 hours, you can qualify for their stopover in Istanbul program. Passengers flying in economy class get to stay one night in a four-star hotel free of charge. Which that's pretty cool, too. Business class gets two nights at five-star hotels. Iberia has a stopover in Madrid for 24 hours. You also get 20% off tickets to different places, free public transportation card valid for two days that you can pick up at the airport. Iceland Air has a stopover program that includes tours. So you can do the Golden Circle Tour for a huge discount, a Reykjavik walking tour 
Blue Lagoon Tour, also at huge discounts while you're staying there. Qatar Airways lets you stay up to four days in Doha with bundled rates for four-star hotels starting at $14 per night, and you can upgrade to a five-star hotel for $77 per night, which is still awesome for a five-star hotel. (laughs) Etihad lets you stay in Abu Dhabi. You also get 40% off of four or five-star hotels for up to four nights. So there's a lot of great things you can do. I know that Seoul has the stopover program where you can get a free tour. It's mm-hmm. not maybe not an overnight stopover, but you can get a free tour sponsored by the Ministry of Tourism. So I guess that's a really short article. That's only a few. I'm sure a lot of airlines do it, but they don't usually publicize it. They offer these things. So my only no. advice would be whenever you're flying, just type in search, you know, Google, whatever your airline is, you know, Turkish Airlines stopover program or Japan Airlines stopover program or whatever it is and see if it's an offer. See if there's an, something you can do with that. Yeah. So for you, you had to email Yes. And get a voucher. Right. I will say, of all these, the best deals are probably, I'm going to say, yeah, Turkish Airlines, because it's a free hotel in Qatar with the $14 a night hotels, or yeah. five for 77 five stars for $77. If I was there for like one night, I'd take Oh, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing the five-star hotel. That's cool. See, I haven't looked into these. This is a cool site. Huh. So as usual, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So you guys can have a look at that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check that out. Well, that's awesome. I think this ended up being a very, very good episode. All right. Well, Michael, do you have anything else? Today? I don't. I really enjoyed that conversation. That was that All was right. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, give us a review. Five stars is always preferable, but we value honesty more than flattery. Yeah. Well, most of the time. Speak for yourself, James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find more Attempt Adventure content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all Attempt Adventure. If you want to contact us, the best way to do that is go to attemptadventure.com, click the Contact Us button, and send us your message directly. Yeah. Other than that, you can email us hello at attemptadventure.com. And again, the send us comes right to us, and we'll get back to you. All right, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the talk today. And until next time, keep adventuring.